This podcast is made possible by the generosity of supporting members. Please visit dharmaocean.org to learn more about becoming a supporting member. You are listening to the Dharma Ocean Podcast. In the second part of this talk on genuineness and spirituality, Reggie says that relaxation in somatic meditation allows us to see how the forces of oppression, control, and busyness in the world are also within us. When tension in the body dissolves, we discover not only our inherent freedom, but also all the ways that we keep ourselves small. This talk was given at the April 2006 Meditating with the Body Retreat, held at the Blazing Mountain Retreat Center in Crestone, Colorado. To find out about upcoming Meditating with the Body Retreats, please visit dharmaocean.org. This morning we're going to work more with the whole process of relaxation. We're just establishing the ground, and then later um, today we're going to work on the alignment and I wanted to say something about uh, relaxation. Uh, I just wanted to repeat something that I've, I said yesterday, which is when we, uh, you know, we have a personal investment in remaining rigid and uptight and tense. Many people say, I would like to really relax, but when you, when you actually understand what relaxation is, we have to realize that it's not that easy. It's not a matter of having a couple of drinks and then you just, you know, your body relaxes. It's not like that. We are tense because we are holding on to a certain view of ourselves and a certain view of reality. The physical tension of the Western person is not really situational. It's not really because we have busy, we're busy, and you know, we don't have time to do things. Uh, we don't have time to do yoga. We don't have time to work with our bodies. We don't have time to hang out. It actually goes the other way. We have a, a tremendous investment in being uptight, tense, and rigid. And because of that, we keep busy. That's why we're busy. We're not busy because we have to be busy. We're busy because being busy is the only way to avoid relaxing. Do you understand what I'm saying? In other words, busyness becomes a main, an ego maintenance situation. If we actually give ourselves the time and space in our lives, apart from being busy and constantly preoccupied with agendas and projects, we will start to relax. And many of us don't want to do that. And we don't want to do it because we are hanging on to a limited view of ourselves that is comfortable, secure, and small, and not very challenging. So when we talk about relaxing, it's very, very important to understand that relaxation means beginning to let go of tension, and letting go of tension means that our rigid and solid and tiny view of who we are is going to begin to dissolve. And we're going to run into a much bigger space 
we're going to begin to discover that we are much more than we ever thought we were. And, you know, we might say, well, that sounds good. I'm into it. I want to do it. But the thing is, a lot of what we discover is things that we actually don't want to discover. We discover, as I was saying the other day, we discover that maybe um, we're very anxious people, maybe we're paranoid, maybe we have a tremendous need to control ourselves and control other people. And, you know, when we're sort of going along in a completely uptight and rigid state, we don't see these things about ourselves often. We have little glimmerings that, um, you know, maybe start to see things that aren't quite, uh, don't quite fit into our positive view of ourselves. But the minute you start relaxing, you, you run into all kinds of things. You realize that the, the uh, completely freaked out five-year-old is there, as I was saying yesterday. The teenager who hates, hates authority is there. The eight-year-old that will do anything to please its parents is there. You know, all of these parts of ourselves that we have marginalized and pushed into the shadows begin to come back. So the process of relaxing and beginning to discover that we're much more than, than who we thought, we start to discover that we actually, that everything that we see in other people is in us already to begin with. All of the positive qualities, absolutely, but then all of the negative things. If we, if each one of us, let's take one person in this room, and we got to know everybody in this room, we would find things about every single person that we can't stand. In other words, we would find, we actually hate everybody here. <laughs> and the interesting point is that what we hate in each individual person here is actually what we hate in ourselves. And what we see in the face of another person is not that other person, actually. It's actually some part of ourselves that we're seeing in this other person, that we have marginalized. And when, when we talk about discovering ourselves, we're talking about reclaiming the totality of human experience. Every person that we've ever met that we liked or didn't like is actually reflecting something in us. How is it that, that, you know, five of us can look at a person and see five different things? Which is what happens. The reason is because what we see in other people is actually something that is actually in us, that we have some attitude about. So when we talk about relaxing, you have to realize what's at stake here. This isn't, uh, this isn't a joke. I mean, from a certain point of view, it's a huge joke. But from another point of view, it's not a joke. And we are, by relaxing, we're actually giving birth more and more and more to the totality of who we are with all of the light and all of the shadows. Every day of our life, there's been weather. And during that each day of our life, since we were born, there's been uh, multiple things going on weather-wise. All of that weather is actually happening in us all the time. It's terrifying, really, to begin to discover how vast we are as human beings. And the interesting thing is that we're drawn to it. There's something in us that wants to relax and wants to recover everything that we are. And yet, we're afraid. And again, I, I encourage all of us to go through the process 
and to begin to welcome the anxiety and the uncertainty and the fear and the groundlessness that begins to develop as we begin to discover more and more and more and more of who we are. And the interesting thing is when we make this journey of relaxation, that we are, uh, it's almost as if there's a, uh, this is not a random process. For each one of us, there's a, a, a certain pattern of unfolding that begins to occur. First one thing, then the next thing, then the next thing, memories from childhood, um, you know, often people discover emotional, physical, sexual abuse that they've suffered as children. That's often, it often comes up, a sense of tremendous loneliness, a feeling of despair as a small child. You know, these things unfold, and it's usually in the beginning, it's the difficult emotions that come up, because those are the things that we've been holding at bay. So it isn't that the whole journey is painful at all. But often it's those things that we have not acknowledged and have been holding at bay that come up first. And each one of us has a certain process and pattern of unfolding that goes. It goes a certain way. And the more we relate to the body, the more the body offers. You know, the body is the unconscious mind. In the traditions of, of psychoanalysis and uh, Jungian psychology and so on, there's a great deal of talk about the unconscious, tremendously important concept. But there's always this question, where is the unconscious? And now it's pretty much universally recognized that the unconscious is the body. All of the experience of um, our whole life that we have not acknowledged is actually retained in the body, even down to the cells. And so when we begin working with the body, the body, or the unconscious, if you want to put it that way, um, begins to offer up to us each moment of our journey. And it's, it's as if you are sailing in a sea that no human has ever seen before. You are sailing in the sea, the ocean of your own life. And this process of uh, working with the body is truly a process of unique and unprecedented discovery, moment by moment by moment. You can read all the books in the world, but they won't tell you what you're going through. And they won't tell you about your own journey. What is the geography? What is the texture? What is the weather? You might think, how can we possibly have the courage to make this journey ourselves? How can we be willing to be so alone and how can we be uh, so much in charge of the situation of our own life? And how can we be faced with discoveries that no one knows about and no one has ever seen and no one has ever written about? How can we do it? And the answer actually is that this is the need to make that journey is something actually that is already within us from, the, from whenever we started on this whole thing. We have that need, and we have the capacity, and actually we, won't, we don't feel at home until we're actually making that journey. So it's a very um, kind of interesting process that when we begin to work with the body in this way, and we begin to open our hearts and our minds to the unfolding that begins to happen with us, um, even though each each moment and each experience is something we've never seen before. 
strangely enough, we begin to feel at home. And a lot of times doing this body work, people will say, you know, I feel like I've come home. And yet, it's not a stable home, it's not a solid situation, but it's who we are. We are truly beings in process, and we are truly beings whose appetite and need is to make this journey. And you definitely see this in small children. And uh, you know, if they haven't been through horrible experiences too early, the appetite for life that they have, and they want to try everything, and they're so curious about everything. Well, that's the human person. That's actually what human beings are. And, and there's so much a sense of daring and courage in small children, and uh, almost a lust for just being alive and experiencing things and seeing things and feeling things and trying things. That's actually who we are, and it's uh, there from the very beginning. And of course, what happens is, you know, we know, right? We know what happens. I mean, that, that sense of confidence, because children have tremendous amount of confidence, unless, you know, they've been, uh, it's been beaten out of them too early. Confidence and delight is, it's there, and it's not based on causes and conditions. It's just a, a sort of unconditioned, natural way of being that is, is us. So a lot of times, you know, on the journey we talk about, you know, recovering the wonders of the childhood, and uh, people make jokes about, you know, the inner child uh, stuff in New Age, in the New Age movement. But, you know, there's an element of truth there. The child, you know, that innocence and freshness and intelligence and appetite is actually in us. And through the journey, we peel the layers away and we begin to discover that. And that is our resource for making the journey. It's always been there. And the more we uncover it, the more we, we can blossom. And the more we, are, we have the resources to sail in the unknown sea of our own life, the unknown ocean the unexplored territory. To download more of Reggie's teachings, find out about upcoming retreats, and to explore a variety of audio listening guides to assist you on your spiritual journey, please visit dharmaocean.org. Our music is by Jeff Beale and Nawang Ketchog from the album Tibet, Cry of the Snow Lion.